God gave me this understanding on August 17th, 2021. God says they will come in fast now because there isn't time. What I know about this is God will open their eyes to see, open their ears to hear, and give them the Spirit of God, and you'll see a change in them. You will see a completely different spirit in that person that is being saved by God. Salvation is of God. Some people think everything's by our own will, but salvation's not by our own will. You might go to college and get a degree in English by your own will, but things in the church are done according to the will of God. Salvation is of God. If your eyes are open to see a scripture, it was God who opened your eyes. Salvation is of God, by his will, in his timing. But we are going to see people change right in front of our eyes. We're going to see a change in the spirit that is in some people. Because God is going to pour out his spirit on them. And they are going to change, be changed immediately. It's not a matter that they learn and are changed. It's a matter that the spirit in them is changed. They'll still have the spirit of the flesh, but the spirit of God will be there so the flesh can be controlled. Therefore, if you already have the spirit of God, rest in peace about those people in your families because God will do this by his will. You certainly can pray for them. You can continue to pray for the unsaved, of course. But you must enter into a rest, a peace, knowing that salvation is not of the will of man or the will of the flesh. Salvation is of God by his will, and he will do it. I perceive we'll begin to see a considerable increase in salvation, in the Spirit of God changing, being changed inside the individual who has shown no sign of having the Spirit of God until now. And all of a sudden, we will see a change in them. And the change will be of God, and He will change them. They won't change themselves. He will change them. But they will begin to speak differently. They will begin to say things that are totally different from the way they said things before. They will act in a different manner, and we will see that. And we will recognize that now the Spirit of God is in them because we will see it. And it's the same Spirit we have. Just the same way that an apple tree produces apples. And we see those apples on that tree, and we know that is an apple tree because of the fruit that is on the tree. The same thing exists with individuals. We know those who have the Spirit of God because they produce the fruits of the Spirit of God. They don't bring confusion to us. They don't torment us and they don't grieve us. They bring love, joy, peace, the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace. Let's look at the listing of those fruits of the Spirit. 
Galatians chapter 5, verse 22-23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Those people who were once very hard and mean will all of a sudden be soft. We will see a change. Now they are going to start bringing love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. They will be saying and doing things that show those fruits. And when we see an apple tree, we recognize it because of what? It produces apples. If you don't have any apples on that tree, I wouldn't know it was an apple tree. We see the fruits of their voice, of their mouth, and of their works. And by that, we know which spirit they are. But we're going to see an increase in those who have the Spirit of God. We who are of the Spirit of God should be able to recognize another person who's of the Spirit of God because the fruits will be on that person. And he will not bring confusion to us anymore. He won't bring a meanness and a harshness anymore. He won't want to debate the word of God. Now he will be one with us because God has made that person one in the spirit. I think I saw a person born again just this past few days. It was a complete change of spirit where there had been a hardness. There is now a gentleness. It's just totally different. Remember, the fruits of the Spirit bring us love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. We see those things on that tree. And when that tree produces those fruits, you know that is the Spirit of God in them. And we have the Spirit of God. We're going to recognize each other. Pay attention. And yet, don't fret if it's the other Spirit. Try not to fret too much, let's say. God hasn't finished His work yet on this earth. I feel strongly God has shown me we are going to see an increase of people now having the fruits of the Spirit of God because God is going to increase the number of people, the people who have the Spirit of God in these last days. He's going to pour out His Spirit. He's going to change these people. It won't be anything we've done or anything they've done. It will be simply the will of God. So, you can rest on it instead of feeling tense. Rest in God, trust in God. He will do that thing which he desires to do. If you think salvation is by the will of man, you're going to be very tense and fearful. But if you understand God saves those who are being saved. Salvation is of God. You just simply rejoice in God. 
Ephesians chapter 1, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God to the saints which are at Ephesus and to the faithful in Christ Jesus, that's us. Grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Some of us have had rather strong salvation experiences. God spoke to us and changed us so strongly, and we were a totally different person before we were changed. And we know that change is of God. Some people think they receive Jesus. They go forward and receive Jesus. If that actually happened to them, God opened their eyes and their understanding to go forward and they received Jesus before they ever went forward. The second they had their understanding opened by God, they received Jesus, that they were received in Christ, shall we say, at that second. Now, they may have gone forward and done some confessing or something, but basically their life is a confession. They're a changed person, and they are totally different. So it is that change by God, where you know you didn't change, God changed you. And that's what we're going to see, because he gave us his spirit, and that makes all the difference. According as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ, the word, to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved. I don't know if you had this experience or not, but I did. I, I just wondered how I would ever be accepted by the church after I was born again. Well, the gifts of God cause us to be accepted by the church because he gives us spiritual gifts and the minute they see those spiritual gifts working through us, they know we have the Spirit of God. God makes us accepted in the Beloved. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 16. A man's gift maketh room for him and bringeth him before great men. It's that gift given by God that identifies us to the church. God gives us spiritual gifts, and when we speak and do those spiritual gifts that are assigned to us, the elect of God who recognizes us as being of God. Back in the 70s, after I was born again, I attended a neighborhood prayer group. One day, as the women were praying, I heard, look up, and I opened my eyes and looked up, and on the wall, I saw an outline of 
a body part. And I said to God, as they're praying, I'm talking to God. And I said to God, well, I know that's a body part, but I, I don't know which one. I don't remember which one. And I heard the word stomach. I said, oh, yeah, it's a stomach. I remember the old Pepto-Bismol commercials of the stomach with the Pepto-Bismol liquid going into the stomach that they used to have on TV. So I saw it was a stomach outlined on the wall. After the women quit praying, I said, does anyone have a stomach problem? And one woman jumped up and down and said, I do, I do. Well, I was so excited over the way God showed me the stomach problem. It was totally new to me, seeing this outline on the wall. I was so excited over what God had done with me that I frankly didn't pay any attention to her or what anybody did to her. So I don't know if they prayed for her or if she was instantly healed. I rather suspect she was instantly healed the minute I said that. But this is the way God started showing me the spiritual gift that was going to work through me. After this, I would go to the prayer group, and I often saw these visions on the wall. I would go to the Bible class. The teacher of our Bible class would always say, does anyone have a word from the Lord? And when he said that, the door was open to present that spiritual gift that God had shown me or given me. But he never forget, forgot, as long as I went to that class, he never once forgot to say, does anyone have a word from the Lord? He always made room for the gifts of the Holy Spirit to be given at that class. Now, that never happened in the 11 o'clock service, the main service. There was just no opening given for the gifts of the Holy Spirit that I can remember. But this teacher always did that. If you are going to go to a church, I would recommend try to find a, a Bible class at that church where the teacher is uh, sympathetic to the gifts of the Holy Spirit and will open the door for you to present those gifts because that's the way we develop in these spiritual gifts is by presenting the gifts to the church. They are gifts for the church, not for us personally. It does me no good to know that somebody has a stomach problem in a meeting. The thing is, they have to be healed by faith. So you announce whatever gift you have. You might not have that gift. Uh, to one, one gift is given. To another, another gift. You really kind of need to recognize your assignment, I think. Uh, some people are assigned to ministry offices. I happen to be one of those people that's assigned to two ministry offices, the office of apostle who deals in scripture constantly, trying to turn the church back to the scriptures. For so many churches are teaching something other than scripture. Apostles are going to always try to turn you back to the scriptures. As individuals, we try to turn you you, the individual, back to the Bible and make you understand the Bible is where our doctrine lies, is in the New Testament Bible. If anything they're teaching at church is opposite to the New Testament Bible, that is Antichrist in that church group. 
Well, apostles are going to do that. Prophets are going to carry messages often of correction to the church. It's always to the church. You can read Ezekiel chapter 3 and see that. It is not to the world. It's to the church. But if you speak a prophecy to somebody in the world, that person is probably ordained to salvation by God and is the church even if they haven't been saved yet. One of the gifts of the Holy Spirit is a spiritual gift of helps. Listen to this passage of Scripture, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 27-28. Now ye are the body of Christ, and members in particular, and God hath set some in the church. I think this means to work in the church, to care for the church. Now you've got to stop thinking of the church being that big building down on the corner where people go and meet. The church are the individuals who have been given the Spirit of God. That's the church. We work in the church. We might work in a grocery store seeing somebody in the aisle of the grocery store, and we might be drawn to that person and give that person a word from God. We, that's the church when we do that. Wherever we are, it's not where we meet. We are the body of Christ. We are the temple of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We are the church. Today, so many people think of the church as being that building where we go to. We are the church. One time I attended a luncheon at Texas Tech, and I was seated at a table with about six or seven people, and we were at a window which looked down onto the building First Methodist Church in downtown Lubbock. One woman spoke up and said, that's my church. And I said, we are the church. She was stunned. She was almost speechless at first. And then she began to argue with me. She said, I'm not a church. That's the church pointing to the Methodist church building. I said, we are the church. And she really, really was hostile toward me. But we are the church. We are the ones who are the church. So you've got to think in terms of that. We are the church. Wherever two or three are gathered together, in his name there's Jesus with us, in the midst of us. We are the church. Now, Pam Paget has a spiritual gift of helps. In 1 Corinthians 12, 27, 28, that we read that that's one of those gifts that's given to the church. Now, ye are the body of Christ and members in particular. And God has set some in the church to work in the church, to care for the church, to do these assignments. First, apostles. Secondarily, prophets. Thirdly, teachers. After that, miracles, then gifts of healing. Helps. Helps is a spiritual gift that works in the church. Governments, diversities of tongues. And Pam Paget has this spiritual gift of helps. I can describe this gift of helps to you because I've seen it in Pam. She helped her elderly neighbor, Jim, until he died. 
She helped an elderly woman two doors down from her until this woman died. Now she helps me with my physical needs. But more than that, she also helped the church by doing the technical publishing work for the blog, books, podcast, and Twitter. We wouldn't be able to have any of these things without technical assistance. Pam Paget does the technical work for everything you see and hear from this ministry. She is assigned to this group by God with a gift of helps. It's the same as an ordained minister. She is ordained to do this work that you see being done through this ministry. Now let's look once again at the listing of this particular group of people that are set in the church to work in the church. Now ye are the body of Christ and members in particular, and God has set some, some of you are set in the church to work in the church. First, apostles. Secondarily, prophets. Thirdly, teachers. After that, miracles. Then gifts of healing, helps, governments, diversities of tongues. One strong way to recognize your spiritual gift is God's yoke is easy and his burden is light. It might be very, very hard for you to bring correction to someone, but it's not hard for me to do it. None of us wants to do it, but somehow it's just there. And you do it because you have a respect for God. Now, often they strike out at you when you bring correction and they're offended by the correction and they're really offended with you, the messenger. But it's your assignment and you're trained by God in that assignment to the point that you understand how to do it and that you're equipped to do this. In Romans, I believe it's chapter 13, He's a minister of God, and he beareth not the sword in vain. God equips us when we have that type of calling. But in all callings of God, his yoke is easy, his burden is light. There is no way I could do what Pam does. I am totally unequipped to do the gift of helps. Pam does it effortlessly. I live at her house, and in my bedroom, she brings me food, and I'll eat the food and put the plate down, and all of a sudden, I realize the plate's gone. She she gets that plate removed without my even knowing it's gone. It's so effortless for her. What she do, does is so effortless, and I know it is. Well, you see me do all these writings and broadcasts. I'm just totally equipped by God for this job. It's so easy for me. Now, I get tired, but sometimes I'll work six or seven hours a day, and I'm 84 years old at this moment. But I can work steadily on this computer, writing and doing podcasts. It's just so easy for me. That's because God equip me, and it's like all my life I've been prepared for this work. As a child, when I was two or 
three years old, my dad would take me down to the Citizens Bank in Clovis, New Mexico, and take me into the office of the president of the bank, and he would put me on top of Mr. Scarta's desk, and Mr. Scarta would talk to me. My dad did not want me to be afraid of any human. Therefore, he took me to places deliberately so I wouldn't be afraid. And Mr. Scarta was a very um, distinguished-looking man. He, he had a little longer hair than most people did in the 1940s. It was a shock of gorgeous white hair. And he would be in New York City and go down the streets, and people thought he was some famous person, and they would come up to him and ask him for his autograph. He had such a presence of authority. He owned the bank in Clovis, New Mexico. Well, Mr. Scarta, I, I went in his office and we just talked, starting at the age of about three. Now, what did that, what's, what's all this about? It's that authority that I'm going to be given later where I'm not afraid of anyone. Now, I know they might strike out at me. I have dread sometimes because I know they're likely to be offended. But it's not the kind of dread that keeps you from doing the assignment. And I am very equipped for it. I was on stage all my life, either in music or drama, from the time I was in elementary school, and I was always a writer. All of these things I was equipped for. But instead of doing it in the secular world, which I really expected to do that in the secular world, instead of doing that in the secular world, I'm assigned to do it in the church. Well, Pam's the same way. She does all these things so effortlessly. God's yoke is easy. His burden is light. If you have to grit your teeth and do this thing, it's probably not an assignment of God. I have seen people do things so effortlessly in the church that I couldn't even begin to do. When the spiritual gift is from God, I believe it is easy to be entreated. I believe God's yoke is easy and his burden is light. We see Moses, and he was out there in the wilderness, and God says, I'm going to send you to deliver my people. And Moses says, who, me? How can I go to Pharaoh? Well, if you read, I believe it's this testimony of Stephen in Acts chapter 7. Moses always knew he was going to do this. Acts chapter 7, this is a testimony of Stephen. Verse 20, in the time Moses was born and was exceedingly fair and nourished up in his house three months, and when he was cast out, See, Pharaoh ordered them to kill all the male children. Moses and the children that survived were hidden. And Moses was hidden in his own house for three months. Pharaoh's daughter had already discovered Moses in an ark that was at the side of the river. And she took Moses out as her own son. But Moses' sister was watching when this happened. So she went to Pharaoh's daughter and said, do you want me to find a woman to nurse the baby? And Pharaoh's daughter said, yes, find me a woman to nurse the baby. 
So she took the baby to her own mother, who was also the mother of Moses. And she she nursed him for the period of time when he was a baby. Then, when he was older, she took him to Pharaoh's daughter. And he was raised up in the house of Pharaoh's daughter. And Moses was learned in all the wisdom of the Egyptians. That's a high place of authority. Here's this little Hebrew baby who has to be cast into an ark at the side of the river. And he ends up being taken in by Pharaoh's daughter. What a high position this child will be raised in. Why? Because it's the will of God, because he's going to use Moses to deliver his people. Moses is going to have, from the earliest childhood, this position. And Moses was learned in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was mighty in words and deeds. And when he was full 40 years old, it came into his heart to visit his brethren, the children of Israel. And seeing one of them suffer wrong, he defended him and avenged him that was oppressed. And he smote the Egyptian who was oppressing him. For he supposed that his brethren would have understood how that God by his hand would deliver them. But they understood not. And the next day he showed himself unto them as they strove. And he would have set them at one again, saying, Sirs, ye are brethren, why do ye wrong to one another? But he that did his neighbor wrong thrust Moses away, saying, Who made thee a ruler and a judge over us? Wilt thou kill me as thou didst the Egyptian yesterday? Then fled Moses at this saying, and was a stranger in the land of Madian where he begat two sons. See, Moses was sent into exile until God was ready to deliver the children of Israel. Then God revealed himself to Moses, and Moses said, Who, me? How can I go to Pharaoh? Well, he knew when he was 40. He knew he was going to deliver the people of Israel. He knew it. He knew it at that time. But when he was in the wilderness and saw that flaming bush and God revealed himself to Moses then Moses said who you want me to go and deliver the children of Israel who me but he knew he was going to do this see we have in our heart these things very early on we know this is what's going to happen and yet when it happens often we're shocked that it happened just like Moses The body of Christ is likened unto the human body by the Apostle Paul. The hand does some work, the eye does some different work. And the hand can't say to the eye, I have no need of thee. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 12, start at verse 7, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man, to profit with all, for to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, 
to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kind of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But all these worketh that one and the selfsame spirit, dividing to every man severally as God wills. For as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit we are all baptized into one body, whether it be Jews or Gentiles, whether it be bond or free, and have been made to drink into that one Spirit. For the body is not one member but many. If the foot shall say, Because I am not the hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear shall say, Because I am not the eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole body were hearing, where were the smelling? Verse 18, 1 Corinthians 12. But now God hath set the members, every one of them, in the body as it pleased him. Each of us must work in the area where God has assigned us in the body of Christ. God trains us and raises us up to do that assignment, that spiritual gift. And he gives us that spiritual gift and enables us to do that assignment. We do not copy another person, but rather we are developed by God, by the Spirit, as he leads us from one thing to another and brings Scripture to our attention. When I was born again, God began bringing scriptures all over the Old and New Testament to my attention, and we studied the office of prophets. He took me to every scripture in the Old Testament about prophets and taught me from the examples. He took me to scriptures in the New Testament about prophets. Yes, there are prophets in the New Testament. The book of Acts chapter 11, the book of Acts chapter 21, and there are many examples in the book of Acts where the prophets travel together and there'd be some prophets come in from Antioch or there'd be some prophets there. And it talks about Paul taking Silas, a prophet, with him on his ministry trips. Prophets were very pronounced in the book of Acts. If you read the book of Acts and watch for it, you'll see prophets everywhere in the book of Acts. So we have examples in the New Testament of prophets working. But in the Old Testament, we have explicit directions on prophets working. One time, Elijah killed 450 prophets of Baal. He killed them personally. We work by the sword of the Spirit of God. And when we speak, we kill the prophets of Baal. We don't kill them with a real sword. We kill them with the word of God that is given to us at that time. We have very strong gifts of presenting the word of God to the church. 
And as we look back on our lives, as we've worked in the gift that we are given by God, I think we almost feel like we have been being prepared for this work from the beginning of the time that we were born on this earth, from early childhood. Some things are given to us to do that are just so natural for us. Now, in my case, I've been assigned the work of apostle prophet in the church, and I have been given gifts of exhortation, spiritual gift of exhortation, and also I think I'm given a spiritual gift of faith. I have had some strong experiences in faith as an early Christian, which were definitely unlearned, but they were very strong gifts of faith. I also probably have discerning of spirits. We work in the land which is given to us by God. I could not do Pam Paget's job. She cannot do my job. But together, we work great because each of us are assigned a job to do, and we know that assignment, and we work in that assignment. I think it's good for us to know our assignment and definitely to stay where God has placed us. So Paul explained that some of the members of the body of Christ work in the church. Now, get your mind away from that thinking of that church is a church building. It's not going to the church building down on the corner to work. We are the church, and we work in the church wherever we are. Continuing with 1 Corinthians 12, verse 21, And the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee. Nor, again, the head to the feet, I have no need of thee. Nay, much more, those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. And those members of the body which think to, we think to be less honorable, upon these we bestow more abundant honor. And our uncomely parts that have more abundant comeliness. For our comely parts have no need, but God hath tempered the body together having given more abundant honor to that part which lacked, that there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care one for another. And whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it. Or whether one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. Romans 12, having gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of our faith. Or ministry, serving. Let us wait on our ministering. Or he that teacheth on teaching. Or he that exhorteth on exhortation. He that giveth, let him do it with simplicity. He that ruleth with diligence. He that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. First Peter chapter 4 verses 10 and 11. As every man hath received the gift of the Holy Spirit from God, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. We take these gifts that we have been given by God, and we must be good stewards. Do you see me writing daily to the church? Do you see me presenting new podcasts daily to the church? Do you see that? I'm sure it sort of shocks people 
that every day I write, every day there is a podcast. Every day there is a new podcast. That's because I know I have a gift of exhortation and I've been trained by God to do that gift of exhortation. In our assignment, often we do grow weary. We do become tired. We do become discouraged. I know in the gift of exhortation, often I will carry a message to the church. I'm talking about individuals in the church. And they reject the message and strike out at me. And it's hard to go through that. But we do go through it because we've seen the prophets in the Old Testament go through this all the time. And God even warned Ezekiel that uh, he was going to send him to the children of Israel, but they would reject what he carried to them, his word, because they reject God. God said, they've already rejected me and they will reject you, but go to them anyway and give this word. And God taught me to do that. He taught me to go to them anyway and give the word to them, even though you will receive rejection. So, of course, you become discouraged. But how do you get through it? Well, with me, I turn to God and ask him for help. Often he will remind me of Hebrews chapter 3 on on giving exhortations, the instruction in Hebrews chapter 3, verse 13, for my assignment. But exhort one another daily, while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Often when I'm discouraged, I'll be reminded of this instruction. Exhort one another daily. And we're just so fortunate because we have the internet, which goes all over the world daily. And I have a a means of exhorting one another daily through internet. Another scripture which keeps me going in my assignment, and God reminds me of this frequently, is Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. Exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day of the Lord approaching. As you feel you're nearer to the return of Jesus, exhort people even more. And that is a very important scripture to me. These two scriptures have really kept me going for the past 45 years in the assignment which God has given to me. There will be a way for him to restore you when you are discouraged or tired. There will be a way to restore you. God has a way to restore us. So just turn to him and ask for help. Let's look at these two verses in First Peter chapter 4, verse 10 and 11. As every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same gift one to another. That gift that you've been given, give it to the church. As good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If any man speak, let him speak as the oracle of God. If any man minister, let him do it as of the ability which God giveth, that God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. Amen. So we work in the assignment that we have been placed by God 
He raises us up, teaches us, keeps us going when we become weary. And we will become weary when we become weary. We've seen Jesus say he was weary. There were times it said Jesus was weary. When we become weary, call on God. And we ask him to restore us, which he does, in his way, in a way where we can understand. And he raises us up again in peace and joy so we can do our assignment as given by God for the church. Once again, the church being that other person who has the Spirit of God. That's the church. Thank you for allowing me to share this with you today.